0: What is good, uh, Spuds? This is your host, Jesse White dear and you are listening to another thrilling episode of the Needless Potatoes Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. How's your weekend going? How are you doing? Hopefully you're doing great. Hopefully your weekend's doing great. Um, that's really all that we ask for over here at the uh, NPP. But uh, another thing I'll ask you, since we're friends and everything, I'll ask you to check out a really good friend of mine, every Thursday night at the Deli in Norman, $5 at the door, you get to see the incredible Justin Logan. And, if that's not enough, every Friday at the Lot in Ada, you can check him out as well. Uh, The show at the Deli in Norman, $5 ahead. That's just so he can get home, get something to eat. You understand. Uh, The show at the Lot in Ada is free every Friday. Uh, Show starts at 9. It's 21 and up. Um, Yep, come out and have a good time. Uh, But as far as having a good time, I had a great time with our special guest on today's episode. He is Russell Roberts. Um, He's a pro wrestler trainee. He is the drummer for Get Busy Dying. He also does some graphic design, uh, does a little bit of everything. And we get into a whole lot of that um, on today's episode. We talk about his wrestling training uh, over there in Mid-South. We talk about his, a little bit of his band, um, and we talk about his, uh, uh, his graphic design. So yeah, definitely stick around, check that out. Um, a lot of it's centered around his pro wrestling and training and uh, just pro wrestling in general, but uh, be sure to check him out. Check out Get Busy Dying on Instagram. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram, and if you like any of his work, uh, be sure to let him know and hit him up. But uh, that's about it for me, everybody. Um, I really do appreciate you stopping in. Once again, uh, you guys have a great one. You stay safe, and we'll see you next time in the time after that. Hello, everybody. Once again, Spuds and other people, this is uh, Jesse White here of the Needless Potatoes podcast. Special guest today, we have former wrestler, trainee, Russ Roberts.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: He's also the drummer for uh, Get Busy Dying and uh, other host of projects that we're going to get into. Too many. Too many. There you go. Too many. <laughs> He's also uh, Marcus's roommate,
1: right? That is correct.
0: What's uh, How long have you known Marcus for?
1: So I'm 33. I'm about to be 34 towards the end of the year, but I've known him since I was 15 so good lord yeah good long a good time man. yeah, yeah he's, a good he's, guy. he's a really good dude
0: well there you go Three. you're 30 you're 33 huh i you look 16 that's pretty good
1: you know everybody says that i just
0: got <laughs> <Still laughs> stay hydrated
1: plan. and got good genes yeah i appreciate that very much
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. there you go that's that's the key to immortality is uh water and uh good genes so lot, good. lots of weed
1: That's yeah. Yeah. There you go. Don't take my advice though.
0: (laughs) All right. So, uh, I I mentioned the wrestling, um, at, as you know, I'm a huge wrestling fan like yourself. Uh, that's kind of what this whole thing is about. Um, can you get into a little bit of, uh, your history of pro wrestling? Like, uh, maybe your first earliest memories of it.
1: Yes. uh, You wanted to train most definitely. Uh, Yeah, so I was obsessed with it ever since I was a kid. So, like, uh, when WCW was starting to become, like, a bigger thing, that's when I started to get really into it. wasn't too much into the uh, the WWF all that much, but uh, WCW came about. Sting was one of my favorite wrestlers, and, uh, you know, I was super big on him for a long time just as a little kid. And uh, the, the older I got, the more I started to become more of a fan of, like, uh the wwf stuff like i was really really big into bret hart and stuff and then the attitude era started to kick in i started to become more of a fan of like austin of course and like the rock and kane and all those fucking uh more extreme i guess you could say uh characters and uh my first event i saw stone cold whip jr in the middle of the ring uh, so i was like my first real taste of like uh seeing real heat like being generated in front of an actual crowd and everything so it was pretty it was a very uh, eye-opening experience and uh i fell in love with it ever since and then ever since i was a kid and the older i got the more i like became more fascinated and obsessed with it and started to learn the ins and outs of it and i know i don't i didn't know anybody at all whatsoever in the business so it's like i found a place that I was just doing shows locally and then I would go to a couple of shows here and there, and they started offering you know the opportunity to learn at that school, and that's when I took that opportunity with uh, Mid-South and went and trained with those guys for about six months. And that, that was a really, to me, that was the uh, most confidence-building experience I've ever had in my entire life. It was great. I loved it.
0: Okay. So uh well very cool. Uh real quick. Um I think you and I followed a very similar path. I uh I remember I remember Bret Hart. So as a kid and even still today, I have a soft spot for Bret Hart. He was a uh, one of my uh I remembered my uh I think it was my older brother. He made uh fake Bret Hart glasses out of like oh, plastic yeah. form. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. So I mean like Bret Hart was the man um, back when I back when I was a kid, so I'm about three years younger than you, so I barely remember pre Attitude era. So I remember like ninety four, ninety five. So like I remember, oh, nice. yeah, before the screw job. I right so when Bret Hart was the shit. I I vaguely like one of my first memories is uh, Bret Hart and uh, his feud with Yokozuna.
1: Oh man. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, for sure. And added bonus, uh, Yokozuna had a, uh, had Jim Cornette as his manager. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and then, uh, let's see. And then I remember, I remember the rock of course, when he, I think that was nation of domination rock. Yeah. Yep. Rock yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and then, So I remember all that, and then um, like you, I wasn't... See, I'm not a big fan of Sting. I mean, I I can
1: understand that. I I think as a kid, I was just more into the fact that, you know, he wore the face paint. He had really really poppy, vibrant colors. Same with, like, the Ultimate Warrior. Like I had one of those, like, uh, beat-em-up buddy things that were, like, the stuffed, like, wrestlers that you could punch, and they would make noises, and the only one I ever had was the Ultimate Warrior, and then I knew other people that... the uh sting and like all the other ones and stuff but you know it's like i just i don't know i was attracted to those uh bright poppy colors when i was a kid and i just thought it was super cool but yeah there's a lot a lot of a lot of people back in the day i used to really like my dad was really into rick flair he really liked rick flair so we got to see a lot right. of old nwa stuff and you
0: know yeah for sure man uh, yeah uh what uh, uh rick flair back then and then i think it was um oh man uh
1: See my Uh, one of my favorite stables is the Ford Horseman NWA era. Like okay, that is that to me is cream of the crop. They they were doing things that uh, I feel like at the time weren't nobody else was really doing quite as as much as they were doing. I guess because they were constantly you know had a promotion that was being aired and being pushed as much as the other places didn't have like people like them to push so they could have that kind of airtime and stuff. So it's like. Just to see that kind of stuff through that era and everything, I just love it. I just the aesthetic of it and everything, I just eat it up. It just I still go back and watch it today and still enjoy it. Well, a
0: a lot of people. So, so I think a lot of people um, that's caught on wrestling in the nineties. You know, they remember a version of rick player. they remember him older they remember him maybe jobbing they remember him or maybe yeah. not jobbing but losing well they're putting the
1: younger talent over and everything yeah so. yeah
0: and they remember with his like short blonde hair and when he's in wcw and he was elbow dropping his jacket so they remember all that but um you know if you're if you're legit like yourself you know you go back and you look at like nwa era you know when he's um just having these just beautiful matches with just all sorts of people. You know, you remember the Four Horsemen with the uh, Andersons. Um, you know, you remember yeah. the great Busters, you know, yeah. with Kelly Blanchard totally and, uh, and Arne Anderson. You mean, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you go back and look at that era, especially with the, the 70s and 80s version of Ric Flair, you know, that blonde hair, just ripped to shreds, great looking dude, comes out in like just these expensive suits and he's going to tell you, <laughs> How he's gonna he's gonna steal your girlfriend and he's gonna promo beat you machine. Up and...
1: Yeah, dude, he was just a promo machine. He'd come out, he'd just be yelling. Like th- I feel like that era, especially those dudes, just would yell a lot. <laughs> but he, <laughs> it worked for him. You know, he he did a good job at it, and it's still still reverberates today.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and, and what's funny is um, I I don't know if you've ever seen that thirty for thirty documentary over Ric Flair. I have not. Um, so it uh, so. Th- they were kind of talking about uh Ric Flair's impact on like sports and just culture in general. And there's a lot of like rappers, a lot of sports teams, a lot of just uh public figures who cite Ric Flair as their favorite wrestler because, you know, he's out there he's he's talking shit, you know, but he's he's wearing the nice shoes suits yeah, and I mean, the nice watches and no, Yeah, I could so. totally
1: see that, yeah. And I'm sure it's like that with a lot of a lot of those guys back in the day, like Hogan and you know, it's like he had Mr. T running around with him for a while. I'm sure people did this. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm sure a lot of those guys catch the same thing, but probably none to the extent that Ric Flair has got
0: it. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, and and I think if you're going to make, you know, and and a lot of people uh, talk about what, like, wrestling, Mount Restmores and stuff like that, and um, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I don't know if you can narrow it down to four, me personally. But um, Ric Flair definitely is up there. You know, he's definitely up there with... Uh, you know, the Hogans, and then maybe later on, either a Rock or an Austin. See, and, yeah,
1: I could narrow it down to four, but that's just my own, like, four okay. personal favorite of all time. Who's your
0: four personal
1: favorites? He would definitely be up there. It would be Flair, it would be Bret Hart, it would be Dean Malenko, and then it would be Eddie Guerrero. Some oh, of my, favorite, match- Some of my favorite matches of all time were Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero in WCW. Okay. Yeah, and... Well, we got to
0: pause for a second. Did you... Did you stalk me when I was a kid? Because Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero were my two favorite wrestlers, and Ray Mysterio (laughs) Jr. back then.
1: No, I did not. But, Dude, I mean, how could if you actually liked wrestling and you actually paid attention to what was going on, how could you not like those dudes and what was going on there? Dude,
0: fuck yeah! So, so the Malenko Guerrero classics and ECW, they're working WCW with, um, and then you got Chris Jericho back then.
1: Yeah, Uh, Jericho was awesome back then as well. I mean,
0: he's yeah, junior heavyweight Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yep. So. Fuck, man. Yeah, that was that was my favorite part of WCW was the uh junior, well, I I keep saying junior heavyweights the cruiserweights. Um, you know, and then you had Psychosis and Huitutu Guerrero.
1: Yeah, all this and, sick like lucha stuff like uh geez. yeah, like But it uh, but it Oh god. parka like there's another yeah, one too, yeah. like it was super yeah. stuck on him for a while just because of his getup. Like that's so sick. Just
0: <laughs> Oh, that whole bodysuit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah dude. dude. Yeah and and like and uh what was Silver King was back then um Silver King actually uh he played a uh, Ramses in uh Nacho Lube, if you oh, ever Oh nice.
1: Yeah yeah, I've so. seen that
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So all those dudes man and uh, what and, and you uh he wasn't a, a cruiserweight but you know the uh what with Conan and um that whole uh Latin American um uh group organization uh within WCW like LWO was my favorite stable i think in
1: nice no yeah i yeah, could, yeah, could yeah. totally see why yeah yeah so, that's i awesome. mean
0: yeah oh yeah absolutely man so it's um but um kind of going back to what you had mentioned you had mentioned uh mid-south wrestling um what like what was the first show where they initiated that hey you know you you want to learn this stuff that sort of thing
1: oh uh, man it was like october i have been like 2016 or 7 i'm not really for sure exactly what the date was but it was around then and it was Uh like my it was like the second or third show that i had been to at that point and like at this point i didn't even know that like indie wrestling even existed in the state but it's just so like obscure and you don't see it ever like i really had to like I had to dig for it for a little bit like you can go google online there was like a school in Tulsa but there wasn't like really anything around locally that I could go like easily access and even then like 45 sometimes an hour and a half drive you know what I mean like that It's uh it's time consuming to go train for about an hour to two hours and then you know you're spending about three hours traveling more so but I mean you do it because you love it but and at the same time it's just being in a ring is something. This is completely different, man. just, I just love it. It gives goes. you di-
0: it, Well, it, it gives you a different feel and a different appreciation
1: for it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And just like watching, like what going to an actual local indie show. And if you've never been, uh, anybody that's listening, if you've never been go out, if you can, and whenever this is all cleared up and experience one for yourself, because it'll give you a completely different outlook on what wrestling actually is. And, uh, most of the stuff that's on tv is so like fabricated to the point to where they have made a product that is that way specifically and it's not ever going to be what you see actually at like one of these local uh indie shows it's uh just it's a different feel it's a different approach it's more diy you know with, with some instances so you get a more of a uh i don't know you just get more of a uh homey feel to it I guess you could say a more welcoming it's more of like it.
0: a it, it's a kind of like a spiritual feel like you know you kind of get more of an organic feel you know And um, no
1: yeah absolutely yeah exactly
0: yeah for sure well and, and, and you kind of see how much uh, like athleticism and how much work it actually takes to put on a good show and and Yeah, to,
1: and you, you know you might go and you might see a guy who's you know he's really awesome now but you go and you see him now, and then five years from now, he's on TV somewhere doing stuff that's even better than what he was doing then. So it's like you get to see people that you could actually, you know, keep up with that you might be able to see on TV one day. You might be a fan of them before anybody else was. You know, it's just kind of uh, searching for characters really that you can uh, get into that you can follow on stuff. And there's there's something out there for everybody. And there's even stuff here in the state that could probably you know tickle your fancy if you're looking for something.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, with them, um, I think uh Imperial Re- Wrestling Revolution, I I, I think they they're right there. they're uh are they out of business yet or are they um... uh,
1: they I from what I understand, I'm pretty sure they just completely changed their name altogether to World Class. And That's what uh, it is, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if they're still doing stuff or not uh with everything that's going on the current climate of things, but for sure. I mean, I'm, I know All Star this Sunday is doing a uh they're doing a a live stream show and i i've noticed they've been doing a lot of like uh live stream shows and stuff just to keep uh you know that stuff being pushed out there which is awesome. I'm glad to see that they're still doing so it's, glad to see uh other places still doing stuff and keeping keep busy as well instead of just the two big leaguers at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well well for sure. And before we get into that um what was some of your first experiences with training and stuff? Was there a- um, did somebody that you had maybe kind of a, a local guy or somebody before they kind of transitioned into the bigger leagues, did they take you aside and say, Hey, you know, why don't you try this? Or was there ever that moment? Or was it maybe not even that specific moment, but was there a time that you, somebody took you aside and, and helped you out, I guess?
1: Uh, no, not so much prior to, but as part of training, there was a lot of guys that I got to work with that are just super nice dudes, super awesome guys. Just wanted to see everybody succeed. And, you know, it's like a lot of places you go into and they have like this whole, like, it's even like with that, like that with music and, and it, even with art, dude, something that completely, completely subjective. And there's still going to be a level of like competitiveness there that people are just going to try to pursue this, uh, you know, Pedestal of being better than other people, and I I just feel like when I went in there, they just wanted to see people succeed. Because I mean, it's it's about you know people working together to make a product. So I I could completely understand that, and it it made it more welcoming and more inviting. But at the same time, there are those people in every every setting, every situation that are going to be that way. That you know, they're they're better than you, (laughs) no matter what you do.
0: I got you. Well, it's it um did you did you get to work with anybody that maybe went on to do bigger things
1: um let's see not not really work with anybody uh some of the guys I worked with are still local uh I will say the only person that even remotely on that level that i i was in the area while the guy was training and I met him once was fuego I and mean, he's on a e w now so it's It's so that's, that's crazy to see, but no, not really. Like didn't really like ever experience that. Like, Hey man, you should try this. You look like, I have people around me that I would talk to about it. And they were like, you know, that was something that you would probably excel at you. Something that you love and you know enough about it already. And it's like, I I really wanted to pursue it. It was something that I, I most definitely did not think that I could do. And i still don't think I could do it. I, I would like to give it another shot eventually, but Dude, it is so taxing on the body, and I don't think that people realize that as as much and it's just as physically de- deteriorating as it is it can be mentally as well because you're you're second guessing everything that you're doing in certain situations just to make sure you don't get hurt and you don't hurt other people and it's just uh it's a lot there's a lot to it
0: I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Keep, well
1: yeah. Yeah, well,
0: well, it, it's uh, it's it's working together, you know. That that's one thing. You know, being a wrestling fan, um, being a you know, uh, since I was probably five, four or five, um, you get a, a. It's weird because if you like Marvel or if you like you know comics or you like Star Wars or Star Trek or if you're a fan of these other um, you know communities, nobody ever tells you that that stuff's fake. But whenever you're you tell people you're a pro wrestling fan, they're like, oh, isn't that stuff fake?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, like isn't immediately so, out the gate, and they'll yeah. let you know. And if you could tell them that you know, they'll remind you just to make sure that you do know, <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's, it's an ongoing battle, but yeah. oh,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, e- even in, in grade school, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, um, all the college, all the even now, you know, um, yeah. people ask me, hey, well. What what are you doing and what are you doing this weekend? I'm like oh, I'll probably go back and you know watch watch the WWE Network, maybe watch some matches. Is that stuff fake though? Yeah, I mean I guess yeah. I mean it's not it's not fake, but it's a it's a work, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying. It's two people working together to create a a product.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people like to call it performance art. I I will not say that. I don't think of that <laughs> it is so much performance art as it is more like something more based around being a sport but it is a sport entertainment and the whole finality of it is that it's entertainment and if you're there and you're enjoying what you're watching then it did its job you're that's that's all it's supposed to do you know you're consuming the product regardless even if you're there just to shit on it you're going to consume the product regardless so well it it, it's kind of like one of the things
0: of uh if you if wrestling or you you attend wrestling and if the uh if by the end of the night you don't want to stab one of the hills or one of the bad guys then they didn't do their job you know the it, it's uh it's good versus evil and it's played out in front of you um and there's a lot of athletics that go with it you know there's a lot yeah. of um a lot a lot of physicality like like you alluded to and it's it's uh it's it you know and, and you think about now it's more people come out and they'll say well it's a work it it, you know it's we're not really mad at each other but you know whatever um yeah but before before that uh before really before Vince McMahon kind of offered that um, back in like the 60s and 70s even 50s and you know uh guys with like Bruno San Martino and Harley Race and you know these were legit tough guys and um even back in that day for some of the people that, uh, that are listening that aren't aware, uh, you would have fans that tried to attack bad guy wrestlers or oh, tried to. Yeah.
1: I can tell you from experience from working security for like mid South during a few shows th- there, there was a guy that I, I got to work with who was basically his character was Persian and he would come out and he would have like the whole stick, the whole Persian get up and everything. And, you know, people are just yelling, like, Muslim vicinities and stuff, just, like, it's pure heat from the get, just absolute pissed. And he's just, like, calling them white trash and, you know, <laughs> and just getting them even further. And it's great. And it, but I also got to see people swipe at him, you know, and I had to get between people. And it's just, it's crazy, the amount of, like, rage that it can generate out of some people. But those people are marks, and that's you need those people. You need those people there. <laughs> They're going to buy it up. They're going to eat it up every chance they get.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and 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 kind of uh, going back, it was good first. Thing. I was. What was that? You still there? Hello. You all good? Yeah, I'm still here. Was that me or was that you?
1: hello hello yeah you still there okay. yeah yeah did you drop or something that was cool. oh no
0: no 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 that was uh i was that. Uh, um i heard you you say well hold on and then or something uh yeah
1: i was like are you still there <laughs> did you oh okay okay yeah, well, yeah. I was
0: there. Um, all right well anyways uh but yeah um so we'll pick up from here i'll edit the rest of this out but <laughs> pick up from here but yeah so if you um the idea is it's good versus evil so if you it's like seeing darth vader or it's like seeing um you know khan from star trek or it's like seeing dr (laughs) doom from uh, the fantastic four it's like you want to see these these guys you know the these bad guys that have you know that have they've cheated to win or they've they've uh put the uh the odds against the good guy you know the face and you know and they screwed him over and, and they they you know jumped him and they beat him up and their cronies have beat him up and it's like you want to see this guy lose so bad that you're willing to attend the show live or buy buy it on pay-per-view and then when the the uh, face or our our hero the good guy when he finally wins it makes it that much better you know it's uh you yeah. know a great example of that and to their credit and, and we can transition into this but um, uh, WWE isn't uh, and a lot of their recent stuff it's, it's just not good but um, in my opinion but um, one of the uh, and I guess it's easy to shit on those guys but um, one of the, the, the things that really kind of brought me back into wrestling because I was out of wrestling in and out of wrestling the last few years but one thing that really pulled me back in was that feud between um, Daniel Bryant and uh, Kofi Kingston that kind of, you know, built up, built up. And then, you know, that, which by the way, I love Daniel Bryant's uh, captain planet gimmick. Yeah. Um, That
1: was a a good hill gimmick.
0: Yeah. I feel like
1: it was too easy for him though. You know what I mean? It's like, too easy to to go off on that stuff
0: with him, dude. Well, dude, like I geeked out over the fucking wood and hemp belt. Like I thought that was fucking uh, that was that um, thing
1: was absurd. That was absolutely <laughs> one of the most absurd looking titles I've ever dude, seen. Dude, that was fucking it. Not quite okay. as absurd as the Fiend's title, but you know, uh, <laughs> or, a, or
0: or a Jeff Hardy's belt and uh, what was it? Impact. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was... <laughs> but uh, dude, I I thought that was so badass. And then uh, when he finally. You know, and he was a good heel, so he was a good bad guy. But when Kofi Kingston finally beat him and he, he got to be, the, you know, the first credited, the first black um, um, WWE champion, uh, it, it meant that much more because you've seen Kofi struggle and he finally, he, you know, he was about to get it, he was about to get it, and then he finally beats Daniel Bryan and, you know, and then he wins. And big celebration. And then six months later, WWE jobs him out to uh, Brock Lesnar.
1: But quick too. But at the (laughs) same time, they got to protect what makes them money, and he makes them more money than than Kofi does, unfortunately. And they're not—they're not so much about making like characters believable and likable anymore, as much as they're about making characters who make them money. That's pretty much all it is. And when you have a product that does that, money becomes the forefront of everything. So that's all they're going to be marketing for. They want your money. yeah well and 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 we kind of, <laughs> that. um well uh
0: before we do um you you had mentioned off air that you had uh, two uh dark matches um and for the people that are listening, can you describe what a dark match is and can you kind of go into those two matches
1: so for the level of what I did, it was only uh the Dark matches were there basically as a level of assessment to tell how far that you got. And the first one I did was just, like, really simple. You know, I I got no shine. It was a, a typical uh, international. Uh, I took the bumps, took everything, roll up, got the pin. That's the win. That's just to tell how far I got. Now, the second one, which was... It was just absolutely insane to me. Uh, I was... It was a day that the trainer was not there. So somebody else was there that was basically making matches at the end of the training session and made a match with the guy, and he wanted to do some things that I had never done before. One of the things that he wanted to do was a drop kick. I'd never taken an actual drop kick before at any point up until this point. And we went through the motions of everything. I take the bumps and everything, and uh, as soon as I take that drop kick... I didn't take the bump properly. I actually fell on my arm. And it's my fault because I didn't take the bump. But when I fell, I like my body weight pinched it on, you know, in between the uh, mat and everything. And I just pretty much eviscerated my left arm, uh, right in my elbow, one of the uh, ligaments. And uh, yeah, it was uh, after that, I was out for a cool minute. Like I couldn't move, couldn't use it for a little bit, couldn't bend it couldn't do anything and then have to like slowly re- learn how to reuse it again and then like try to work it back up to full strength but that second match wish we could go back and do it again but you know it is <laughs> what it is and i learned a lot from it so I so what it was at okay. that point at that point in time uh, i learned that i was not ready to be doing the stuff that i was being asked to do which at the same time, it's like you're never going to learn unless you don't do it. So I just went ahead and did it anyways. I don't regret anything. It is what it is.
0: Well, uh, what 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 happens um, after that? Because, well, and for some of the people that I don't know, um, a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers will, they'll go over the matches. They'll like, say, hey, I want to do this. Or, well, how about, you know, you, uh, you'll you knock me to the outside and then, you know, you I'll go get heat or I'll go and, like, piss off the fans or whatever and then but um what uh uh what happened after that moment after you landed on your arm
1: okay so after that moment that was just one one of the one of the spots in that match after that moment that i had hit like you know my arm hurt i did not realize how well what the level of how bad it was and uh i still just went through the motions of everything so yeah i laid there for a second Uh, guy taunted to the crowd you know he was doing what he's supposed to do i'm selling but for real (laughs) (laughs) they had uh uh crawl the ropes he's uh he gets up on like the bottom rope and i like you feed into stuff from the left so i'm coming off the right side of the ring and i'm going to the center and he's in the center ropes and he steps off of the uh, bottom one and like starts taunting to the crowd a little bit. And the crowd only consists of other people who are training with us that day and the uh, people who are uh, teaching us and stuff. And uh, as he steps down, I just get the schoolboy boy, one, two, three, roll up, powder out. It's It was a no-shine, again, no-shine, dark match. I get, didn't really get to do anything other than just take bumps and get beat up, but loved it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, man, for sure. There you go. So, and then kind of after that, after you realized your heart what um, was it just kind of uh, well, Hey, my bad, you know, type of thing. Or was it, well, you had mentioned that it was your fault, but it was it, uh...
1: uh, no, yeah, I took full responsibility for it. Cause it wasn't 100% my fault. And, uh, yeah. you know, I p- people checking in on me, asked me if I was going to come back, but I didn't know what the timetable was that I was going to be able to come back. And by the time that I was prepared to come back, that place had shut down, and it maybe, me, me really sad. But it was only because of it was located at the uh, where Crossroads was, and it was called Plaza del Mayor, and that eventually ended up shutting down, so they had to shut down.
0: Hmm. Okay, I thought you were going to go into a, 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 a Taz a commentary, uh, you know, gimmick there, <laughs> no. you retire from wrestling again. Oh, no? okay, well uh, But uh, speaking of Taz um, He is back in uh, AEW, and for Those of you listening, AEW Is the uh, the Competitor, well, I get, not really It's the second biggest wrestling Organization in North America um, Comparable to the WWE um, <clears throat> And uh, we can kind of get Into AEW and then Maybe some a little bit of the WWE um, But uh are you liking the stuff with uh, Taz and Brian Cage? Because I know that we, when we were messaging earlier, you, you wanted to talk about Jericho and Cage.
1: Yeah, I uh, really like the stuff that Taz is doing with Cage. I really like that he busted out the FTW title and gave it to him. That is an ode to people like me who actually gave a shit back in the day to pay attention to stuff like that. And, uh, I, mar- I won't lie, I marked out a little bit whenever I saw that title, and uh, I don't Cage is awesome at what he does. I don't really care for him so much as much as I care for Taz being his manager. I just feel like it's a good fit. it's a good stick and uh I hope that you know they're they're doing what they can to protect him, especially with that last match with uh Mox and everything but i just uh I hope they do the the right make the right choices don't completely start you know. I, I just want to see him get a push and get buried under some people that don't need to get pushed. But at the same time, it's not my call. So,
0: Let's see I how it goes. Well, and, uh, and, and uh, for those of, um, those of that are listening that don't know, what is like a push and what, what what does it mean to bury somebody?
1: So, a push would be like a guy that you're taking and you're going to give him a run of some significant wins or he's going to be involved in a some type of story arc that's going to end up putting him into the limelight that he is, you know, the better guy of somebody who is probably the best in the company at the time or somebody who is close to being the best. And burying somebody pretty much is just taking somebody and they're, you know, you see their worth, you know, you think that they're great, that they're amazing. And the company, you know, whoever it is at the time wants, if, if it's involved in the story arc or whatever is going on personally backstage, you don't know what all involves with it, what all entails, but um, they will just take somebody and just completely, like, basically bury them under the dirt. <laughs> uh, smear them any way they can, I guess, in some extent. Uh, not completely, but, you know, just take somebody who doesn't necessarily need to be in that limelight and put them over someone who should be in that limelight. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. You are like kind of, um, I guess bearing would be like if, uh, if, uh, well, kind of on the subject of Bron cage is they're not to me like Baron is they're not using him like they should. And it's kind of like, they're kind of, um,
1: no, you know, like Taz through in the towel that that match. And to me, that's just a way of making him still look really strong and just not bearing him completely. Uh, you know, you know, it's like he didn't lose. Technically, he didn't lose Taz through in the towel. It wasn't by his own uh, choice or ability yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, he didn't like tap that. Out or anything. Exactly. So they're, they're, he still looks strong. He still looks like he can go back and compete, you know, still have another shot at the title and everything. But it's just a no matter of how they go about it. And when they're going to stick that title on him, or if not, uh, I don't know. Mox is so consistent, consistently good that it's hard to say that anybody deserves it more than he does. Cause I honestly don't think <laughs> that anybody does, but
0: well, he he's uh, I think with it, uh, we had spoke about, uh, about Brian cage, uh, Brian cage, of course he came from uh, what was impact and then um, impact wrestling. And yeah. then he was on the East. Yeah. And then, um, and then, so uh, for those of you that are unaware, uh, Brian cage is a very muscular man. He's very just jacked to the gills. Uh, he looks like a guy. He looks like a pro wrestler. Like, have you yeah. seen that guy? You would say
1: stereotypical yeah like if there was a prototype for how you want somebody to look as a pro wrestler that would probably be the Vince man uh, recipe right there
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and then um but uh but we have you know you have Brian Cage you have John Moxley uh who used to be Dean Ambrose in the WWE uh you have what Chris Jericho you have Cody uh Cody Rhodes the son of uh Dust the American Dream Dusty Rhodes um um so you you have those guys and, and I think Jungle Boy is kind of in a few years, he'll be that guy, too. But really, just those four, maybe um, I, if, if I'm forgetting somebody, you know, forgive me. But maybe those four guys are really who you would want to put the title on anyways. Um,
1: you know, I think those uh, I'm not. I would say yes. Or somebody who, who is going to generate enough heat to make you hate them that you're going to feel super stoked about whoever takes it off of him you know what yeah. i mean like maybe someone like mjf who's yeah yeah well still, and, and still still undefeated supposedly but you know
0: <laughs> well i, I and the, the the stuff with him mjf is um he's a classic heel you know he's gonna come out he's gonna he's gonna shit on whoever you know whatever well whenever the AEW was traveling and whenever they travel in the future he's gonna come in he's gonna shit on you know uh uh Chicago or Dallas yeah. or Oklahoma Whatever in. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And he then he's gonna insult you. And he's uh he's great at uh, what they call drawing heat. So drawing heat is just is basically uh making you hate him. You know, you you're you're mad at him. So he's gonna make people hate him so much that they're gonna want to see him lose kind of what, what you had said. Um who I guess uh who in your opinion uh if you kind of had a fantasy booking, who would you want to put the title on and against whom? Like storyline wise, who gets that title again and against who?
1: Uh, well, I mean, if you really want to get, uh, dude, there's, I could go on for a while, but uh, there's too many ways to look at. It. I honestly feel like if you, if you're gonna go about it the right way, uh, you're gonna put, you know, if they gotta take somebody like MJF and make him into the hill that he should be and generate enough hate to where people start liking him a little bit more probably i would put it on him and then i would have someone like you know maybe kenny omega or somebody who at the moment isn't in that like same uh talks about taking the title but down the line could be in the contention for taking the title you know it's it's people Mm -hmm. working their way scorpio sky is another one he's you know the king oh yeah AEW dark at the moment, and uh, he's on a winning streak. And there's there's multiple people right now that are on streaks and stuff that could uh, eventually get to that point. But I I honestly, eventually, I would like to see Omega have that title. I don't know if it's going to be face or Hill version of Omega, but either way, I I will appreciate it regardless. Uh, I would have to say MJF, and then you know him drop it to Kenny, even if it is the Hill version of Kenny Omega, which would be awesome.
0: <laughs> right well, yeah, for sure, well, and um i think for me i um i have m j f too but um, i would really like to i i really like that uh that storyline between m j f and uh cody and um and, and in my opinion I i think it's either jericho cody and uh, Brian Cage, kind of the top three. They're, they're kind of uh, AEW's top three wrestlers. But uh, Scorpio Sky is an extremely talented, dude. Um, so is the 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 guy in a private party. Um, he's the uh, he's the other Trent? dude. Trent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's
1: he's really good too. Uh, I, I mean, both of those guys are good, but Trent oh, yeah, he's sure. really good.
0: Well, and and um and and kind of um going to that, you have the best friends, which. Uh, for me, that that's kind of a goofy name, team name, but you know, Dude, it works. wrestlers, yeah. Chuck Taylor and uh, uh, Trent. Um, it's basing on his last name. Uh, uh
1: Beretta. I thought it was Beretta.
0: Beretta was it? Yeah. Uh, was, I, I could be fine. wrong.
1: Yeah. Let me let me look let me look at this.
0: Okay, we're we're gonna come back to it, but um, uh, but for me, like, I I think maybe Cody, and then eventually. Uh Jungle Boy, uh Jack Evans. Uh, yes, uh, uh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll there you go. <laughs> Apologies. Sorry, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But um but uh I think eventually uh Jungle Boy, um because for me he's kind of like that well, he and MJF are the next wave of uh of wrestlers, kind of homegrown talent that AEW could showcase in the next few years. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, even a guy like Luchasaurus, um, you know, could kind of be in that bill as well. I would um, even and throw in via...
1: Cassidy. There was there's several. Guevara, uh, uh, you know, I would even throw Guevara out there. It's... Um,
0: I, I disagree on the, the the Orange Cassidy. I just never, I don't, you, I mean. You I, don't
1: like I, his gimmick?
0: <laughs> no. I mean, I guess it's cool, but it's kind of like it. No
1: I, no, I understand completely. I know a lot of people who don't like it, and I just feel like eventually it's going to evolve into something that people are really going to love. But at the same time, I can see how most people don't. Enjoy. Well,
0: and, uh, but, you know, uh, credit to the guy when, you know, and I've seen his stuff. Um, on the Indies, and, I, and when when he's actually able to like wrestle and stuff, I, it's great. I mean, I I just wish he would do more of that and not the hands in the pockets stuff. Yeah, it, it it's kind of like uh, it's like if you really love strawberry ice cream, you can have too much strawberry ice cream, and it's kind of <laughs> so it, That's true. it's cool. Like it's yeah, like it it's cool when you first saw it, and then it's kind of like all right, well you. We kind of want you to start doing some stuff, but you know um, that would be cool. His stuff with uh, his, uh, his stuff with uh, Jericho um, right now, currently is that uh, Chris Jericho is um, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, just cause I'm a fan. Well, when I was younger, I was more of a fan of Chris Jericho. Now for me, Chris Jericho just seems like he just kind of, he's at the tail end of his career and he's just kind of, like whatever, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, just doing what he can. I, yeah. I don't know, his commentary work has been really good. I, I wish he would do eventually get to the point where he's just doing that all the time. Or he's like managing someone and pushing them as the mouthpiece or something. But yeah, I totally agree with what he's saying. Like he is I don't want to say it's obvious, but you could tell. Like it's it's taking a toll, man. And it, eventually he's gonna be done.
0: Well he uh I, he, he he might fuck around and get beat up by Sebastian Bach. So I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. He, that's <laughs> so crazy, dude. <laughs> He's like trying to get him to do a sing off with him. Yeah, that's
0: insane. Yeah, that was uh, uh, that was uh, that was something. I was like, okay, well, I guess.
1: Jump right. on Twitter and saw that whole feud, and I was like, wow, <laughs> did not expect this.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I. I'm not a Skid Row. I've never been a Skid Row fan, so I mean, I, I'm not a Fozzie fan either, so. <laughs> I, I ah mean, it. uh, yeah it's it's just shit music, it's just not good it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> they're just not a good band, I mean i I'm sorry, chris Ur- Chris Jericho, you're a hell of a wrestler, and you're probably the wrestler of the the two thousands, but God, your band sucks <laughs> they're better but,
1: than what they were, I'll admit that, but yeah, oh, <laughs> man. I,
0: okay, so. I think I was in, I I can't remember where I was, but um, I was, man, it might've been, I I might've been still in high school, but I remembered somebody was watching that video of, uh, I don't even know what song it is, but it's of a guy, he's, uh, he's in a wheelchair and he like gets out of the wheelchair and army crawls up to like a flight of stairs in like an office building. And it's like, Chris, I'd... It's really bizarre, but there's like, there's a point where he's like army crawling up these stairs and Chris Jericho and the entire band. They're like singing on the stairs, like next to him. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's something. Um, I think he was still in, he was still in WWE at that point. So this was probably 10 years ago, maybe, uh, 12 years ago. It's, uh, it was, Yeah, yeah. Well, so, but uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, um, you kind of wanted to touch on that. Um, what were some of your? Uh, what what's some of the things you like about Chris Jericho currently, and then
1: what some of the things you didn't? Currently, his promo work. I mean, his promo work is great. It's just he, he just does it to us. You know, he, you see people put a certain amount of effort into doing something, and he just has this level of effort that is so consistent, and he sustains it all the time. That it's just. That's what makes it more believable, you know, that's what people wanna see. It makes it more enjoyable and everything. And it's just I I admire consistency, I feel like, more than anything at this point in my life, whenever I do watch it now. And then uh, you know, you could watch a product like like I watched unfortunately, I went through the the daunting task of watching Raw today just to see what has <laughs> been happening lately. And uh first match I liked. It was pretty good. It was Cruz versus MVP, you know, for the United States Championship. Not bad. Rest of the show was not good. It just—they're just turning it into something that's just not watchable. Like the whole underground thing is just, oh man, it's just so hard to—it's just so hard to watch.
0: I, 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 so, um, and then I guess you know, transition to WWE here. I, uh, it was. Let's see. I'm trying to think of the point where. I just was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, man, it might have been WrestleMania. It might have been right before WrestleMania. It was like at that point, I was like, "What the fuck's even going on?" Like, what, what is, what the fuck is this? And uh, when they went into when they had the uh, cin- cinematic uh, matches, that was kind of like the you the have one with one... AJ and oh, good yeah
1: yeah. You have one that's decent, you know, the one with AJ and Taker and. Then you just start churning out every, all these ideas just left and right. Like, you guys just, it's just, I don't know. They just like bite so hard on certain things to just go with it just because a few people like it. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I honestly not a... enjoy it. Oh, I don't know. I know other people did enjoy it. It's just, I don't know. It's just kind of hard to watch. It's...
0: Well, I'd, I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't see how anyone could like that because it was. The the boneyard match between Taker and AJ, that was cool. Okay. And then, and then you had the club in there and that was pretty cool. You, you you know, um I biker taker was uh uh it was cool back in the day. And then it wasn't cool. What what was
1: that? <laughs> I said lip biscuit taker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that was uh <laughs> wow. Well, okay yeah but uh that era of uh taker uh, undertaker was uh when you're a kid it was cool um as you get older you're kind of like okay but it like i it was cool seeing biker taker in the boneyard match after that though oh man it was uh the, especially the money in the bank match was uh yeah. Well, I know it wasn't. You a, know, I completely yeah, that,
1: forgot about that and you reminded me about it, so now I have to rethink it about that and it hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> they had like, a, yeah, none of, it was good. none of it was good. Well, just, okay.
0: So, so um for those of you that that don't know, uh just watch that match Money in the Bank, um, Money in the Bank and it's uh So they essentially kill Alistair Black and oh, Ray yeah. Mysterio, they throw <laughs> him off of like a because <laughs> what it was is they, uh, yeah. okay, but yeah, so, uh, sorry, buddy, uh, my cat knocked my uh router off the table, anyways, um, but yeah, so they, uh, so essentially they kill Rey Mysterio and now Alistair Black, and then, um, they, uh, you know, showed up on TV, um, uh, what was it, two, two weeks later, because you yeah. know. just just, wwe's just just trolling at this point so
1: oh yeah they even stay i'm pretty sure they even stated oh yeah there was a roof a small roof on the other side so they landed on top of that no they did not die it's like oh you have to (laughs) have a disclaimer at the very beginning of that (laughs) next episode Um,
0: yeah yeah like like people are going to be tuning in like well r.i.p ray mister
1: die yeah oh oh, man they're really dead
0: <laughs> I seen him get thrown off the roof, and, and <laughs> he, he must have died. Wrestling's real. No, uh, yeah, that was uh, what got me was that in the Money in the Bank ladder match, they had um, they are in the Money in the Bank. Uh, they had a ring with a ladder in it on top of the building, which yeah. why? I mean, I guess I, I guess I don't understand, but like, why not just have the Money in the bank, or the the briefcase um, suspended like above the the roof. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's like somebody, it's like somebody plucked a kid from the '90s at this point and was like, write write a scene, <laughs> write a, <laughs> write a plot for us, and we're gonna roll with it. It's like something that I feel like I would have thought of when I was 12, and I'd be like, oh man, that is super cool. That's such a great idea. And it's. <laughs>
0: You were saying it out
1: actually in front of you, and it's the worst thing that you <laughs> could
0: possibly think of. So we're going to have a ring on top of the roof, and then there's going to be a ladder inside the ring, and the only time that they use a ring in this wrestling match is when they go climb up the ladder to get the briefcase. So, you know, but, uh, you know, Otis, uh, he he had won the men's title, and then um i i mean you might have to fill me in but he did did he do anything with it i know he didn't become champion but
1: not to mind not i don't i think he did but i think he did but i'm not really for sure man i haven't kept up with the e in so long like today was the first day that i've actually like gave an attempt to watching it, it's just because i wanted to see mvp wrestle. so
0: <laughs> well i mean come on now yeah mvp's the man uh yeah he but is. uh but um but, uh, it was, uh, so, and then Asuka, of course, she, uh, cashed, well, not really cashed it in, but she traded Becky Lynch, her title, but then Becky Lynch was pregnant and was going to leave anyways. So, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I guess it's, uh, and then now it's, um, you know, they, uh, the, I, extreme rules, um, about a few weeks ago, uh, Ray Mysterio came back from the dead, to get blinded,
1: but yeah, to get his eye ripped out <laughs>
0: <laughs> because Seth Rollins is crazy now. I
1: guess I don't he's know, he's a cult leader. Oh, okay, okay, that's or he's calling himself the Monday Night Messiah, so he's like hella religious or so. I'm not sure, even sure what is even going on there, but
0: I don't think that WWE even knows, they're just like, uh, sure. whatever you want to do i i'm gonna i'm just gonna say he's no ministry of darkness undertaker so yeah the best i mean when when okay when when undertaker crucified a stone Cold, that's when my mom came in and she was like all right you got to turn this off because we weren't super, (laughs) but she was like hey we're not gonna watch a man get crucified on national tv
1: i had the uh I was lucky enough that I had a TV in my own room, and I wouldn't have to walk, worry about my mom like <laughs> coming and see what I'm watching <laughs> or anything. So it's
0: like, well, we it, it it was that, that <laughs> right? Well, it was the it was the replay of that, and then it was also when um another part of when she happened to walk in is when Rikishi was given the stink face to somebody, and she's <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> what? And I was like, you don't understand, mom. He he's fat. And he's got like a man thong, and that's his move. <laughs> and he's, yeah, so and he dances.
1: he just so. saw those primo cheeks and got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, those just big brown, golden brown cheeks is <laughs> man's so it's, uh, yeah, that was, uh, my, yeah, my my history of wrestling. But, uh, what, um, um, for you, what was some of what were some of your uh, favorite memories? Uh, of, like, uh, older do- uh, WWF, because you said you weren't into ad- the attitude to or there or too much, but, uh, well, into WWF, but, uh, of course, you got into it later with the Rock and uh, Rock and Stone Cold. Um, what were some of your favorite memories from past WWE?
1: Well, I uh, would say the there's too many to choose from, but a lot of the Bret Hart HPK matches, because there was, like, real there was real heat there in some of those matches. And I'm talking like prior to the screw job and everything, like you could, you could see like there was obviously something going on. You could tell from the way both if you watch those dudes, like even if you go back and down and you watch like some of their other matches compared to those matches and stuff, like you could tell there's there's something there. And uh, I like watching those just because, you know, there is I feel like a certain level of animosity to out outdo one another. And so they just like pushed each other to a different level. But Those matches were sick. Uh, I gotta say, when I, like, really, like, first started to get into it, there was, I forgot exactly what game it was, but it was, it had Doink in it, and I don't know why, I just thought that was such a ridiculous, like, character to have (laughs) as a wrestler, so I just, I just, I love Doink, uh, all the Doink and Ding stuff, uh, say, um. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of dudes I just like watching. Like Vader, Bam Bam, Mister um, Perfect uh, is another one. It's uh, like nothing like very in particular I could point out. I'll say I one that I really I want It might have been the first WrestleMania, or it might have been the second one. It was a Trump Tower, and I just remember. Uh, Let's it was Macho Man was wrestling for the title, and it was against. Uh, it was against DiBiase, I believe. And that that was like one of the first like pay per views I remember watching, and that's that shit stuck with me so for so long. I just remember that that was like a whole nother level of what it was compared to watching it at the time. You know, every week of what you were seeing on TV, it was just it's just <laughs> yeah. Heightened oh, well. uh, amount of intensity was it when it came to wrestling, and it was just a different vibe. Like seeing Trump, like <laughs> that young at WrestleMania, like it just just go back and watch it, man. It's a it's a time blast, it's a time warp, it's a trip. Well,
0: and uh, and uh, and President Trump is the only president in U.S. history to ever receive a Stone Cold Stunner.
1: Oh yeah, and didn't he shave Vince's hair at one point? I'm pretty sure. that Yeah, that was-
0: and, yeah. The um, he uh, so. Um, it was the battle of the billionaires and it was Bobby Lashley versus Umaga and um yep and Vince got his uh head shaved and uh he uh and then Stone and then uh, Stone Cold gave uh, Donald Trump a stunner and uh Donald Trump is in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame so
1: only president <laughs> <That
0: sucks>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he Yeah, I mean, and and that's no bullshit that like you can you can YouTube when Trump got a stunner and uh, you can YouTube whenever he was entered in the WWE Hall of Fame. So that's 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 something that exists. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's all you little girls and boys out there. I mean, dream big.
1: Because
0: it's can, but uh um real quick though um uh what's some of the other uh, projects you got in the works
1: uh currently right now we are well I'll say that I currently have been under quarantine for nearly the past two weeks. tomorrow is my last day, so I'm ready to get out of that uh, We'll be going back to work in a few days, and uh we've been working on we were before this, we were recording. We were working on recording for Get Busy Dying. So, you know, that's in the works. So hopefully, you know, we can get some stuff hammered out and get it turned out here pretty soon. So we can, you know, show everybody what we're working on, what to vibe to. And uh, I got always working on art stuff. Uh, got ready to start, you know, pushing the T-shirt game a little bit more. Start making more shirts and stuff. Uh, thinking about starting my own. Uh, t-shirt line and everything, just with my art and stuff on it, and uh, I got some solo music that I'm working on with uh, Lava Prana. So, keep an eye out for that stuff as well.
0: Very cool. All right, man. Well, uh, kind of wrap it up here. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug uh, Get Busy Dying and then your uh, your art page. All
1: right, uh, check Gizzy. <laughs> Let me try that. Check Get Busy Dying on most social uh, media platforms we have instagram facebook we have twitter uh you can check us out on spotify itunes and all my art stuff you can check it out at uh rust napalm at inst- on instagram uh all kinds of stuff on there all kinds of fun stuff. we got videos everything you can think of animation cartoons it's
0: very cool hell yeah well, All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you doing this again, man. It's uh, uh, very cool. I, I, I always, I like you, huge fan of pro wrestling. Um, I never just could never find the time to train, not time, but never find an opportunity to train. And uh, I still, part of me still wants to, but you know, it's uh, yeah, maybe,
1: maybe after the course, you know. If you don't even consider wrestling, you should like consider managing or even you Dude, know, that like, would,
0: uh, yeah, that that'd be cool. Uh, c- you know, making the uh, cutting a promo on the fans and yeah, getting that exactly. heat, I don't even have to get beat up, so <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that works too. No, uh, yeah, exactly. did a uh, uh, real quick, uh, back in middle school, uh, we used to uh wrestle quote unquote on the uh, playground and we would just beat the shit out of each other. And, uh, I nearly was paralyzed because, uh, some kid hit me with a pal driver, um, in oh, the wow. sandbox. And, um, uh, he, he had threw a pal driver on me in the sandbox. And from like an inch or two to the right, I think it was about two inches to the right was a wooden plank. So had he nailed me on that wooden plank, it would have, uh,
1: Oh man
0: <laughs> so so as, as like a eight-year-old that happens you're just like oh fun but yeah later on you look back and you're like oof
1: yeah up. we had a makeshift ring and i would uh throw around my brother and all the neighborhood kids because i was the largest one so yeah i got to experience <laughs> you, that as well
0: <laughs> you were the uh you were the big show back then just pretty much the... <laughs> uh, there you go <laughs> hell yeah well all right man well um once again russ i i really appreciate you Sit down, talking with me again. It's uh,
1: no problem, man. Anytime.
0: There's uh, not a lot of uh, not a lot of sophisticated wrestling fans out there. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, I, I at my work. It's either uh, at my work. I, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but uh, he's uh, really big into the New Day and AJ Styles, and that's about oh, it.
1: That's the extent. Yeah, no, I understand. That's yeah. you know, That's the only product that people know sometimes. So at least they have that. <laughs>
0: I guess so and it's uh, and you know and he's trying to tell me that uh <clears throat> the new day is a uh, is one of the best tag teams in the uh, history and I'm like okay well let let's not get crazy here so uh anyways uh but any anyway, but yeah so uh kind of wrapping up here um you can follow this podcast on Facebook you can follow us on Instagram Um, you probably already are listening to it on Spotify and you can go over to Stitcher YouTube, wherever. Um, if you like the show, please give us a positive review. Let us know what you like. Um, if you didn't like anything, uh, please let me know. So Russ can give you a DDT and, uh, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, that's No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, uh, feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, you can email us at needless potatoes podcast at, uh, at gmail.com. Um, and fun fact, I actually, this, um, podcast name is a wrestling term. Needless potato. So there you go. Came full circle. It's actually uh potato and wrestling is uh whenever you legitimately punch somebody. So it's uh i was listening to a uh jim Cornette um interview on my lunch break at work a few months ago well i say a few months ago last year and uh i heard the term and i thought like oh, all right that that's pretty cool so
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: yeah worked out man but uh origin. all right yeah there you go origin story but uh all right russ well um i'm gonna go ahead and get off here and uh i'll uh i'll talk to you later
1: all right Blake, take it easy